This is a place where together we can navigate through life's ups and downs with all of the vulnerability, compassion, and openness that we can muster. Along with the help of guests from all walks of life, we'll discover new truths while doing some unlearning, and we'll gain valuable tools for becoming who we already are, while also uncovering our divine gifts. I'm Jade Bryce, and I'm so thankful that you're here. My women's program starts this week, y'all. You can go to jade-price.com to sign up and read more or listen to my solo cast titled Healing the Father Wound and Reclaiming Your Sacred Sexuality, where I explain exactly what to expect in the course. I'm so excited to put this out into the world and steward these women through some beautiful healing practices and some pleasure codes. This course is all about merging your sexuality with your spirituality. It... uh, (laughs) I don't want to go all the way back into the episode I aired a couple weeks ago, but like we're going to dive into father wounds, mother wounds, inner child wounds, um, getting what you desire and Imago, like all of the things. So it, it's not every, every, you know, we'll dive into anatomy and dearmoring the cervix and all that, but every call you'll look at it and you'll see like, Oh, that doesn't sound like it, it has to do with sexuality, but it's because those things actually affect our sexuality. So I'm so excited. I can hardly wait. And I'm already holding each woman in spirit that have signed up. You can use code pleasure for 14% off since we just had Valentine's week. And it's my way of sending pleasure to you. This episode was recorded a handful of months ago. While my previous partner and I were still navigating, if we could work through our differences, We've chosen to transition our relationship into one of a very close and beautiful friendship. However, because this was recorded before that decision, you'll hear me speaking from that place of, can we still navigate this? Can we work this out? I wanted to clarify that for you because in the last few episodes, I have referenced our uncoupling since those were aired after this. And I'm airing this episode specifically on the week of her book launch. And so I just didn't want there to be any confusion. My heart is full of gratitude for him and the love I experienced with him. And when I'm ready, hopefully not too far away, I'll air a solo cast in dedication to that gratitude, as well as our choice to choose our truths. For now, here's an episode with a woman I really, really admire. Today's guest is working with couples and individuals to help them better understand themselves and their relationships in order to foster healthy, conscious growth. Having much to do with understanding the family systems as well as the deep and generational history we each hold in our own personal conditioning, her work is about identifying where and how we are recreating old patterns, giving us the chance to heal, rewrite, rewrite, or release them. Through her live events, workshops, retreats, online courses, and through her very popular Instagram account at mindful MFT. She's helping us understand why some relationships succeed while others become unhealthy, disconnected, and sometimes even harmful. She has just written a book called The Origins of You, which is a profound guide to understanding and overcoming wounds from your family of origin, the foundation of how we relate to others, ourselves, and the world around us. None of us had a perfect childhood, 
We are all carrying around behaviors that don't serve us and may in fact be hurting us, but it doesn't have to be that way, she says. Our past might create our patterns, but we can change those patterns for the better with the right tools. In The Origins of You, she has unlocked a healing process to help us understand our family of origin, the family and framework we grew up within, and examine what worked and didn't in that system. Certain dysfunctions or wounds in that family of origin will manifest in our adult behaviors in surprising ways, from work challenges to interpersonal struggles. But the good news, armed with the knowledge about our past, we can actually rewire our programming to meaningfully improve our relationships and our lives in the future. It doesn't matter whether you've been in therapy for decades or whether therapy isn't for you. It doesn't matter if you have loads of memories from childhood or struggle to remember anything at all. All that matters is your willingness to look inside yourself and your determination to find a new way forward. Complete with guided introspection, personal experiences, client stories, frameworks for having difficult conversations, and worksheets to complement each chapter, the origins of you will teach you how your family can both build you up and break you down and how you can heal yourself for good. Inspiring the masses to take on the challenge of looking inward to change our stories and our relationships for the better. She's stewarding the ascension of our species. And I'm so grateful to share her wisdom and light with y'all today. Please help me welcome Vienna Farron to Untamed and Unashamed. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. I actually remember even just hearing you introduce me that way. I'm pretty sure the last time that we were on an interview together, I remember being like, oh, that's such a beautiful introduction because you write your own. And yeah, I wrote like, a really big bio for you. <laughs> I'm so excited to hear it. And yeah, it's like, I just even getting this little bit, it's so nourishing to receive that from you. So thank you. Yeah. Usually people just write, read the bio that, you know, you have somewhere. So thank you. Yeah. And I'll add to that with saying that, um, you know, my episode with you from, I think about three years ago is one of the most memorable episodes I've had. And I still think about this one moment where I shared something with you that was like really vulnerable for me. And I remember the exact face that you made because your level of empathy and your depth of presence was so strong. And it brought me, it brought so much safety to the conversation. And I thought, oh, this is what it would be like to be with a therapist. Mm -hmm. And so it like, it like opened me up in a way. And also it just, I remember your energy just was so unforgettable. And then I interviewed your husband, like maybe two years later and it was matched like oh. the exact same type of energy. And I thought, holy hell, imagine having these two as parents and as role models. And then flash forward to today, you guys are both now parents. And I just want to tell you how blessed your child is. And I truly feel that this is how we heal the world is through healing ourselves and knowing our origin story so that we can change it for our children. Even if we're having to do it while parenting, which I'm doing. And I'm just so stoked that uh, there are parents out there like you guys and war may end if this becomes our future. So, <laughs> yeah. well, thank you. And yeah, same to you, right? It's like to just bring a little bit more awareness, a little bit more resolution mm -hmm. uh, to, to the next generation. So yeah. yeah, really glad to be here, Jade. Yeah. So um, I'd love to, you've, your book, is there um, about 
our origin stories. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love to hear a little bit about your origin story as an example, maybe, and what patterns were created in your adult relationships, um, kind of as an example of um, how we can recognize what our origin stories are and connect them to the patterns that we've created. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, really excited for the book, The Origins of You. I, you know, as you know, a lot of my work is around understanding the family systems in which we mm-hmm. grow up, right? So whether that's one family system or multiples, right? That that was true for me. My parents separated when I was in first grade. They went through a nine-year year divorce process. And so I learned to integrate into different uh, two different homes, right? So two different family systems. Um, and I like to look at our current day patterns as, you know, a real indicator of what's unresolved from our past, right? Mm-hmm. And so much of my work has been in understanding our origin wounds, right? The first time something painful happens in our lives, right? That sets us on some type of trajectory uh, for the rest of our lives, you know, until we come into contact with it, until we come into some more awareness around it. And, you know, a lot of that obviously originates in our family system. Not all of it has to, but so much of it does since they're the templates for just about everything. And yeah, I mean, when I, I start the book off with a story about, um, you know, basically the the day that the rupture um, between my parents took place, obviously there was a lot that was happening before that day. But, you know, the day that my dad said, you know, if you leave, don't come back. And all of the things that really transpired from that, that, you know, as an only child put me in between two parents um, who were having their own emotional responses and reactions to the rupture of their marriage. Uh, that included a lot of things, a lot, a lot of emotional flooding, a lot of manipulation, power control, gaslighting. Um, you know, I saw two people who really were not well during that time. Mm -hmm. And as an only child, as a little human, you know, watching that, observing that, and then being a part of it, you know, it was very hard for me. It was, um, I, I really felt pushed and pulled between two people. I remember Mm -hmm. this first moment where I was like, Oh, how, how do I make sure that both of them are okay? Right. How do I make sure that both of them are know that I love them and care about them. And, you know, I remember this moment where it's like, oh, I don't, I don't know how to do that. You know, I, I, like if I'm with you, then I'm choosing you. And maybe the other one feels like I'm not choosing them. And it's, of course, <laughs> you know, this like pleaser part, this pleaser role came forward into my adult relationships. Um, it, it birthed a safety wound for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there were a lot of instances where police were involved. There were a lot of things that they as adults were not able to handle and reconcile as themselves on mm-hmm. their own. And, you know, I was just privy to that constantly. And it did not feel like my emotional safety mm-hmm. was something that was you know, really prioritized and held, right? And I get it. When I look back at it, I understand it. It was two people who were crashing and burning and they were at capacity and, you know, they they provided 
a lot of good stuff for me. And I didn't feel considered in how all of that was really affecting me and impacting me. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so because of that, I became a person who was very hypervigilant, very aware, doing everything I possibly could to make sure that everyone was okay all of the time. In some cases that looked like me presenting as the unaffected child, the child with no needs. I became really good at most things in life. So it seemed like I was really well adjusted, seemed like I was doing well, doing well in school, doing well in sports, doing well in music, doing well in language, you know, it's like all of these things that I became very good at. And so I presented in a certain way that I, you know, I I covered it up Mm -hmm. and that, you know, as an adult for a really long time in my relationships, I also presented as this needless woman. I was the cool, calm, collected, chill girl. That's what I wanted to be. And I thought that that was attractive. I thought that that's how I would hold relationships together, yeah. um, which makes sense based on, you know, my, my story, right. It's mm-hmm. like constantly over constantly working to try to hold things together when the other adults around me couldn't hold it together. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as, as a, a girl turning into a teenager, turning into a woman, right. I started to see how needless I had become and really maintained. Mm-hmm. Right? I had been this person who was like, I'm good all of the time. Right. There was yeah. never a time where I would say that I wasn't fine. Mm-hmm. It was also, you know, I, I look back and I, kind of chuckle when I was in graduate school, I was even in the beginning, I was like really committed to this story that my parents divorced didn't affect me. They had evolved, they had become friends, right? So so they were in a good place in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And I think I focused heavily on that. Ah, they're best friends now. They're good. They come to my, you know, they come to my lacrosse games in college. They would do things together. Sometimes we'd even have holidays together. I was like, oh, we're good. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. The divorce didn't even affect me. And oh my goodness, that was such a block for me. Uh, when I started to really dive into origin work, I started to see how these unresolved components from our past really play into our current day reactivity, our current day unwanted patterns, mm-hmm. you know, all of these areas where we can, you know, sometimes we can give the advice, but we can't take it ourselves, right? Sort of mm-hmm. some of the indicators that we might have a wound. And I realized that instead of just trying to find a solution for the current day situation, why do I keep choosing this type of partner? Why do I always feel this way in these relationships? Um, Why do I feel like my friends always cross a boundary, right? All of these things. It, it was really about going back into the original wound that needed more attention. Yeah. I believe that wounds will tug at us. You know, they want to be healed. They're not here Mm -hmm. to destroy our lives, right? They're not here to ruin us. They want to be healed. They want to be witnessed. They want to be addressed. Mm -hmm. And when there is something that is still unresolved in our lives, right, it'll find its way. It'll poke its head up in different ways, in different relationships, in different dynamics. Um, And, you know, my, my hope is that we turn towards that. Uh, we have to find a safe and healthy way to do that, but that we turn towards that and begin, okay. begin our begin or continue our work around resolving right that origin wound that continues to 
grab for our attention. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That made me think of my daughter because um, me and her father are not together. And although we are great at co-parenting and showing up to all the events together and making sure she's around both of us at times, uh, she's still almost four, over four years later, cries and says, I'm so tired of always missing someone. I just want to live in the same home. And uh, um, about a month ago, I did a mushroom ceremony. And what really came up was that she doesn't feel important because we didn't figure it out for her. Mm -hmm. If she was in the most important thing, we would have figured it out. And that the way I can really heal that origin wound for her um, to, you know, to the best of my ability is to really be present with her grief and sit with her grief so that she can feel important in that. Yes. Um, but I'm curious for us, for the adults listening, what is the process for undoing these patterns? Like what are some starter steps? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the first ones is that we are able to acknowledge and recognize what the wound is. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Well, you did see, I had created the, what's your origin wound quiz. Uh, that, and I just want to thank you for that because mine was sa the safety wound. Uh -huh. But I want to thank you because the attention to detail mm -hmm. and the results were so empowering. It wasn't like, there's your safety wound. It was like a page of this is what this means and this is what you mm -hmm. can do. And that's not like most quizzes I feel like are just to get people uh -huh. people's email. Right. And it's like, yep, yeah, here's your archetype. But right. yours was like, really, like you, you were gifting us. Mm. And so I just want to thank you for that. Well, thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, so I think that is one of the places that you can start. I, you know, when I work with people and again, I was this person, I was like, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm unaffected by this. I have no wounds. Right. Um, you know, when I work with uh, clients, sometimes we can be really protective of our past of our caretakers, right? Mm -hmm. Common things that we might hear are they did the best that they could um, with what they had. Yeah. Um, sometimes we want to protect ourselves from opening up some kind of box that might lead us to a place that feels overwhelming too much. Um, it it could also rupture that, hey, I'm in an okay place with one of my caretakers and I don't want to disrupt that, right? So I think, you know, I, I often consider, right, what's the protective part here, right? And like, let's just acknowledge that, right? Let's be with that. Let's, let's come into contact with... Uh, come into contact with that. So we understand that, you know, we're not entering into this exploration to throw parents under the bus, to rip them apart. This isn't a parent bashing, mm -hmm. caretaker bashing party, right? This is a, let's call the thing, the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So that we can start to work with it. So mm -hmm. I, I do often find that uh, additionally with what I've said before, also, people will say, my story made me who I am, right? Mm -hmm. Without those details, I might not be the resilient, the hardworking, the successful, the I can turn this off and go into this mode, right? So like a lot of times people hold on to the story as, you know, part of how they've stepped into this incredible human that they yeah. are today, right? Without so, the and. Right, exactly. <laughs> so so sometimes people think, if I start to explore this, will I lose yeah. this part of me, right? Will yeah. I lose what it is that I have been able to create from this? Mm -hmm. And I've never seen people lose their edge and yeah. their 
and their, you know, whatever that X factor is that comes mm-hmm. from. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to offer here is that we can hold that while mm-hmm. also still looking. Right? Yeah. And, and so when you say like, where do we begin? I think I always ask the constraint question. It's a, it's a common one in the therapy world, right? What keeps us from looking at this? So instead of just forcing people to look at it and be like, well, we have to find your wound and what is it, right? It's like, mm-hmm. well, what would keep us from identifying that there is something here? Mm-hmm. Is it, does everybody have an origin wound? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I haven't met anyone who doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Because that would mean that you would have had to go through your entire life up until this point without being wounded. Right. Because yeah. again, even if you had a fantastic family, right, which some people did, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that there isn't a wound in there. And it yeah. doesn't mean that you didn't accrue a wound at school with a teacher, with a with your first partner mm-hmm. five weeks ago. Right. So mm-hmm. Yes, we all have origin wounds. If you don't have one, I'd love to meet you. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's interesting because I feel like, um, and I talked to Connor a little bit about this, your husband on uh, his episode, but I feel like my patterns change in each relationship. So in many of my past relationships, my pattern was self-abandonment to avoid being abandoned by the partner. I'd become the little girl that one of my parents left in a field for hours crying for them. And it would just, I would become that little girl inside and just don't leave, don't leave. I'll do anything, you know? And in my most recent relationship, my pattern seems to be the complete opposite of, I am not going to abandon myself or my path or my views. And so the pendulum has definitely swung and I can see how the past partners had it much easier Mm -hmm. because I was so weak. Um, but I just think it's interesting that, um, the partner that is with us, after some abusers may have the experience of a completely different pattern, but still from an origin story, just a different one. Like that's really interesting too. It is. Yeah. I think I taught in the book, I talk about this path of repetition Mm -hmm. versus a path of opposition Mm -hmm. where, and with the goal of being, you know, this path of integration, really easy example could be, I grew up with an alcoholic parent. Okay. Path of repetition. I choose partners who also are addicts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Path of opposition might be I and anybody I date doesn't touch the stuff like nothing, you know, da, 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 right? Okay. Another example. I grew up in a highly conflictual family system, mm-hmm. lots of fighting, lots of arguing, lots of noise, mm-hmm. right? And I find myself in relationships where there's high conflict again. Okay. Path of repetition, path of opposition. I don't want any conflict at all. So I am passive. I don't bring things forward, but we keep the peace. We never fight about anything. No matter what it takes. No matter what it takes. And da, 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 right. So both of the latter examples of the path of opposition, you know, you might say, oh, well, that, that's, that sounds better, Right. Mm-hmm. No addiction in the uh-huh. dynamic, no fighting in the dynamic. But if we zoom in a little closer, right, what we see is that path of opposition is not 
a path of integration, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's driven and motivated by fear, yeah. right? And so what happens when I don't actually express how I'm feeling or bring things forward? Well, we never get to talk about things, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there's so much rigidity in the dynamic. Mm-hmm. I, I never get to be expressed. You never get to be expressed. There's never an opportunity to have hard conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even though I'm keeping the peace, I'm never actually getting to a place where maybe I feel fully seen, heard, understood. Uh, we have expansion in our relationship because we're having those hard conversations, right? Mm-hmm. So you can start to see how when we even swing that pendulum all the way to the other side, that it still creates a dynamic that is an extension of the wound. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think our work, and it sounds like you're really doing this beautifully, right, is to, you know, okay, yep, I'm, I'm in this space. How do I, how do I still be self-protective mm-hmm. and relationally protective? Yeah. Right? Whether it's partnership, romantic partnership, whether it's friendship, platonic, right? whatever it is, right? How do I make sure that I'm not, walls are totally down, treat me however you want to treat me, whatever, whatever, I'll, I'll take it because I just want to hold connection and want to be important to you and I want to be chosen by you mm-hmm. versus walls all the way to the top so that I can't be heard, but mm-hmm. there's also no way to move a relationship forward or find connection. Right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, that work again is when we go back into the origins of the pain of feeling you know, unimportant, not prioritized, unworthy, unsafe for you as an example, right? Who's looking out for me, right? Mm -hmm. Who's protecting me? Oh, shoot, I have to protect myself, right? Mm -hmm. Part of your, I'm sure, you know, as you know, right, part of your work has been to, yeah, become self-protective and then to continue to discern with whom you can feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. Not everybody is safe in the world, mm-hmm. but there are some people who are safe for you. Yeah. And how do you begin to open that part of yourself up so that you are not just the only person who has your back, right? Yeah. So that you're not just the only person who is thinking about you and considering you and protecting you, that you can begin to allow another to participate in that with you because you know if you were to only take that 180 and become so Mm self-protective what could happen in that space relationally is a partner might not feel like they get to be close to you they might not feel like they get to have a purpose with you Mm -hmm. right they can only get to hear, but they can never be a support. They can never be a safe sounding board. They can never be a whatever fill in the blank, right? Yeah. I'm using you as an example and hypothetical. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is not even, you know, this may I'm not available be- for it. Yeah. <laughs> be true for you where you are right now, but just sort of showing how that can break down in a relationship when there's a person that's saying, hi, hey, I want to be here. Let me in a little bit more. Let me in a little bit more. And if our wound is not continually being tended to, it's really hard to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, um, you know, years ago when we talked, we mentioned about how we often tend to project the blame of our unhappiness Mm -hmm. in relationship on our partner, which leads us to thinking that the solution is a different partner. Mm -hmm. And while I definitely do that, I also get caught in this narrative um, of telling myself 
there's work to do here. Like, okay, where's my origin story? Let's pull out the Byron Katie worksheet. You know, like I look in every nook and cranny for my origin story, how it's playing out, what my projection may be, what may not be true. But I, I tend to be pretty miserable when that work isn't matched and I don't feel met in that process. So I'm, I know you recently ran a masterclass titled, should I stay or should I go? Mm. Is that something that you can buy as a replay? Um, we have a, we actually, we have a free webinar okay. um, where one of my colleagues, Angelica Magana, she and I, um, yeah, we, we ran this free webinar where we discussed a bunch of questions and we also have a course, but, but that one is closed. That one opens and closes kind of randomly. Okay. Um, but yes, I mean, this is a really important question that you're asking yeah. because and a lot of people find themselves in that space. Yeah. And I know, um, for me and my partner, we've been really unhappy in our relationship for almost a year. And it feels like we've been trying to bridge a gap that may not be bridgeable. Mm -hmm. Uh, the only progress we really ever made is when we did a session with your husband, actually. So I highly recommend that. Uh, he's so freaking skilled, like, holy cow. When I met with him, I was like, that's goals. Like for me to get to is like to be able to, he's so, so, so skilled. So, um, I highly, yeah, I highly recommend him. And, uh, I'm curious though, like what are some key deciding factors that you taught on if someone should stay or go after knowing their origin story? Um, mm -hmm. Like how do we figure out if it's our origin story at play or mm -hmm. like it, it is in this case, the person, because um, I can use my situation as an example with us, it's a spiritual disconnect mm -hmm. and it's a huge gap. But my origin story is one of religious trauma. So for me, I know that it's at play here and I know I'm doing my work to heal it. It's been, oh my God, I've been like so deep in it, but it almost feels like I'm in a torture chamber to try to heal it while in a relationship with someone that is so similar to my origin story when it comes to this one. And this is really confusing for me. Um, like, do we have to heal our triggers of our origin story in relationship, it definitely feels like a rich opportunity to, mm -hmm. but at times it also feels like too much. And I know either way we have to grieve something when we're staying or going to. Um, so yeah, I just, I feel so confused on, on this, like when to stay or go when, when you know there's work to do still, you know? Sure. Yeah. Thank you for saying like, also once we know their origin stories too, mm -hmm. that that's so meaningful for me to hear that from you because I think sometimes we don't see the person across from us as this always complex individual who was once a kiddo too, who has mm -hmm. a history there, who also mm -hmm. is um, maybe not actively, but sorting through the pain and the wounds and the trauma from the past. And so yeah. I really appreciate you naming that and highlighting that. It's one of the most important things I think whether we're thinking about partners, even when we're thinking about parents, um, Michael Kerr, I say this towards the end of my book of like this gift of being able to say, you know, think of your mother as your grandmother, as your grandmother's daughter, you know, and just, ah, mm. uh, okay. What a, what a perspective, right? Yeah. This isn't about excuse making. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what I talk about in the book when I was saying before, like, you know, we're not here to throw people under the bus, but we're also not here to make ex excuses for people. Mm -hmm. And when it's all the thing, the thing, right. We have to be really present to what's happening now. And yeah. so I know you have a history 
-hmm. I have a history. That history with context probably makes this moment in our lives make a whole heck of a lot of sense, right? Mm -hmm. You know, where you're just like, yeah, when I look at my partner's stuff, I can see why we're maybe stuck here. Mm -hmm. But we're also stuck here. (laughs) And I just have to call the thing the thing, you know, and so when do I know when to leave, when, when maybe the, the offering, the gift, as you said, right, is sort of complete here. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, most people would say, as long as I have someone participating in the work, Mm -hmm. then I can sort of see how we might take another step further in unpacking more or, you know, peeling back a layer. A lot of times people will say, you know, my partner doesn't want to look at this, won't have this conversation, you know, says it's all of my stuff. Um, and you know, how do you, how do you move forward then? And, you know, you, you got to it already. You said, I have to come into contact with the grief, right? We're constantly trading something, right? To stay, I'm releasing this to go. I'm releasing that. Mm-hmm. And it can take us, <laughs> unfortunately, right. It can take us sometimes years. Yeah. I think some folks, it can take decades mm-hmm. to come to that grief. Um, to process what, what needs to be processed there. Um, I'm curious a little bit about your particular story. Mm-hmm. Uh, speak openly about it or. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, well, I'll say too, like going into that, that I know you've, you've talked about um, like when we're trying to change or control a person, which is what I think is going on in our relationship is the area of our origin story. We need to spend time grieving. And mm-hmm. I have spent so much time grieving my religious trauma mm-hmm. um, that I've experienced in the church. Um, and it, it's, you know, I know it's what is being asked of me because even that adopted father of mine, that was the pastor, he passed away this year. Mm-hmm. And I had to look at like, I'm not losing him now. I lost him when I left the church, you know? Um, but the, I think the origin story for me is that like the stories that my rebellion there meant I was demonic and going to hell Mm -hmm. and have done the unforgivable sin of walking away, you know, from the church. Um, I've spent so much time grieving that, but I know it's still my origin story and it's still very active because I find myself trying to convince people that are similar to that path uh, that uh, resemble that origin story that I'm wholly the way that I am and that my spirituality now is also um, holy and gives me access to God. You know, like the anyone that believes that like there's only one way, it's like I'm trying to convince them. Prove something. Yeah, and... um. See, yeah. So, th- I mean, that's my origin story is just, you know, um, how's it get ex- exacerbated my, with your partner? Yeah. Well, the, the big part of the origin story too, is that like my access to God and the way I worshiped was heavily dictated. My intuition wasn't trusted. Mm-hmm. Women were seductors, you know, like all these things. So to now be on this tantric path, mm-hmm. um, and to be living with a Christian, mm-hmm. it feels like I I'm just like, right back where I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you feel judged by 
I feel judged. I feel condemned. I feel that my path isn't trusted. My intuition isn't trusted. Um, you know, the, the thing about Christianity is like, there's this story of demonic activity. And so if I'm doing sex magic and Kundalini work, it's as if I'm opening up portals for demonic entry into the home. Mm -hmm. So then it feels like I'm evil. I'm evil. I can't be trusted. I'm like the Eve with the apple, you know, like all these things and everything in me wants me to just uh, wants me to just run because a big thing for me is that, um, the intimacy that I crave involves mm-hmm. the spirituality, involves the sex magic, it involves the Kundalini. Mm-hmm. Um, but this wasn't the case in the first half of our relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I keep going back to like what I used to, what we used to feel, but that's, you know, it's, it's not, not necessarily where you are right now. Yeah. Yeah. Is would you say that there's a part of you that's hoping that you can get him to accept and and see you differently than through that judgmental? Oh my gosh, that that narrative for me sounds like redemption. Yeah. Redemption from the church that outcast me. Yeah. You know? Get a Christian or yes. maybe it's not even limited to, to Christianity, but if I can get my Christian partner to see me, then I am vindicated. Then I am, yeah, then I am validated. Yeah. But there's also this feeling of like, if I can get him to engage in sex with me in a way where we bring God into it, Mm-hmm. then I've, then it's like, I've convinced myself that like, um, everything that this church made me out to be isn't true either, mm-hmm. you know, because like, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, that. yeah. It's, it's so interesting. And, you know, I, I don't know where your path together will go and, mm-hmm. you know, wh- where it will be led, but I can hear that part of you that continues to outsource it, you know, and you even said it before, like, I know that this is bringing me back into contact with my grief, Mm -hmm. right. Of me actually believing that wholeheartedly to Mm -hmm. be true fully Mm -hmm. on my own. I don't actually need somebody else to validate that for me. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think it's, it's playing out here a bit where if I can just get you to XYZ, engage in Mm -hmm. sex this way, see me differently, then I will be victorious, right? Then I will have won, right? But if I can't get you to, then I haven't. Yeah. And I think in my mind, that idea that I've won, in my mind, I'm like, we've both won Mm -hmm. because we've both like experienced freedom because I, I'm thinking like, I used to be you and that wasn't freedom. And, and I, I've like strive to see that that might be his freedom. That might be his freedom. And what's interesting is like when I was in that church, I would go door to door at 16 years old, asking people to say the sinner's prayer with me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, now I'm still doing that exact role, mm-hmm. but on the other side, I'm still trying to get people to, to mm-hmm. do this with me because yeah. I think this is the this, this salvation now, yeah. you know? Right. Join me, join me, join me. Yeah. 
And you're lost. lost. Yeah. Right. And I think sometimes, you know, when we have found a way forward for ourselves, that is so deeply resonant, right? It's no wonder that we would love for people to join on where you're like, Ooh, I can see the thing that maybe you can't see. And I'd love for you to see it. Right. And so I think it comes from this really beautiful place. And I also see the part of you right now that's identifying maybe not for the first time, but just sort of identifying, ooh, like there's where I'm entering into a similar role, even though it is um, packaged differently. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, this external outsourcing of if I, you know, it probably touches on that wound a little bit, right? Of like, am I important enough to you you know, to, Mm -hmm. to shift this, to see this, to open yourself up to this new way. Am I, were you saying that you were left in a field? Um, yeah, by my original, uh, by an original parent when I was around three or four. Uh Uh And, And did they come back to get you? You know, I, I, obviously they did cause I ended up back with them, but I think I, I, I don't know what happened. I know I was crying so hard. I must've blacked out. Because I was so terrified. I remember thinking someone else was going to get me. It was pitch black. Like I was so scared. And I don't remember anyone coming back, but obviously they did. Yeah. 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 Like somehow I thought it was, was brought into that space again. But, mm-hmm. you know, maybe that question mark of like, was I, imp- would you have just left me? Did somebody else pick me up and bring me back to you? Like, mm-hmm. you know, am I important enough for someone to make a shift to see something differently. And, you know, obviously historically, no, right. That was the evidence for you, not because you aren't important, but because that is the feedback that you were getting Mm -hmm. right now. Again, it sounds like there's this part that can, yeah, that continues to ask for the witnessing and the grieving, right. So that you don't need to outsource it as Mm -hmm. much anymore. Still Mm -hmm. currently, does that land for you? Does that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what do you think happens when we like, it feels like I keep doing this and keep doing this. Um, and I know you talk about how second chances without growth is just a pattern. So like both partners need to be doing the work, but like, if we really provide space for that grief in ourselves, um, cause I keep doing that and I still keep getting activated. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, so what do you think happens when like we heal that origin story? Does it mean possibly like, wow, I don't actually need this dynamic anymore because it's not feeding my imago Mm -hmm. or does it like make it to where, you know, like it, I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, listen, I think that it's, you know, we, we can, we can become activated even when we've done a ton of our healing work, right? I don't know that the activation ever like goes to zero and we're like never activated again. But I think when we spend sufficient time with it for whatever chapter that's for, it does give us some clarity. I was say, I don't know what your future is with this person, right? Mm-hmm. And that'll be for you to figure out and to, to process. But, mm-hmm. you know, in the grief, right? When it keeps bringing us back to, cause it's, it's bringing you back to this. I'm trying to get someone else yeah. who see me the way I want them to see me. And it's the answer to everything. 
Right. And so, Ooh, I'm in contact with it again. Beautiful that you see that it is a gift. An Mm -hmm. arrow that points to something that is unresolved Mm -hmm. still within you. No shame in that. Thank you for the awareness. Right. Mm -hmm. And okay. I need to come back into this space of the irresolution of needing someone else to see me the way that I want them to see me, to participate with me in a certain way. That's not to say you should release that desire of having partnership. Mm-hmm. That, right? I, I want to be really clear about that. But it, it, you, you said a, a piece about control before, but I'm not going to, but it's not healing to, to do that through control. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's healing when someone on their own, that's right, so true. authentic, wholehearted place. Oh, that makes such a difference. You, right? They so chose it themselves. Correct. Because so then they really chose you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Your goal is not a bad goal. Your desire for what you crave for in partnership for yourself. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Hold, let's hold on to that. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you get that by controlling, it will not be healing for you. You can't oh trust it. Oh, that's right? just, I never thought about that for some reason. That's okay, right? That's why we're having this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we're here. Um, and so that's, you know, when you can look at the gift of like, uh-oh, I'm rubbing up against something, right? Okay, I want to take a closer look at that. I'm rubbing up against something that's familiar for me. I know it very well. But you're someone who's very self-aware. Um, you know your story very well. You've done a lot of work with it. So you're very connected to what the narratives are, what the pieces are, what's getting activated in particular moments. So you have such beautiful awareness. And then, yeah, I go back into this space, back into what I know is unresolved. And I see that I am continuing to try to outsource it and control the other person into what it is that I want and wish and desire. Mm -hmm. And we recognize that that is not actually the path that is healing for you. Yeah. Right. Then, you know, then it leaves you with some information. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You know, again, it doesn't, I, I don't know your partner, um, whether or not this person might be able to get to that place on their own. Not, a, you know, that's, that's, I guess, for the two of you to figure out, mm-hmm. but it will not be relieving to you if he's there because you have somewhat how controlled it or pushed it or forced it in some way. Yeah. It may feel nice, like, like the illusion of it may feel like, Ooh, we did, you know, but in in the core, right. Where the resolution or irresolution is held, Mm -hmm. it will not feel relieving and healing to you. That's so true. Yeah. And you also talk about how sometimes the most healing thing for your origin story is to stop working at that and and recognize that it's not going to happen. And I, I'm guessing to like walk away from that. And I I know like with a um, a friend who I had a similar dynamic with um, that really like shamed my sexuality and would just make these comments here and there. Like I got to the point after a couple of years where I was like, this isn't up for discussion anymore. And I just walked away and that felt more healing for me than him actually validating my experience. Cause it was like me walking away from the dynamic felt like that was how I soothed that wound of like, I'm not available for this anymore. Um, so I, I'm really thankful for, for that, um, 
Yeah, right. Like sometimes it's it's closing the space for the judgment, the criticism, yeah. the you know whatever, the commentary. Um, it's how you show up for yourself. Yeah, and I yeah. think you know sometimes that means that a relationship ends. Sometimes mm-hmm. it means that we figure out the way that we might engage with someone. Like sometimes you're like, well, you know, it's a parent. I don't want to be cut off from them. I would still like to have some type of relationship with them. And so we figure out, okay, so what does that then look like? If we know that they have a constraint, a block, their capacity is at a certain point, they don't want to see, hear, understand, connect to whatever it is that you would like them to hear. Then as you said, yeah, I've talked about how sometimes the most healing thing is to accept that person's block, limitation, capacity, choice not to, need to protect themselves more than seeing and understanding you Mm -hmm. and to stop needing that from them when they have Mm -hmm. shown us that they're not going to give it to us. Because when we keep keep picking at that, what do we keep doing? It's just removing us, right? It's, It's going to the places where... And listen, this takes a bit of trust and belief that there are people who can witness us well, you know, that there are people out in the world who can love us and see us and hold us. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times because we unconsciously pick people who are going to support some of the wounding, it's the people we want the most, like the parent, the partner who, you know, bring us into contact with these wounds. But yeah, yeah, I think that there's a real wisdom, a real maturity that happens when we can see that this won't heal here with Mm -hmm. you. Yeah. But I think the the thing that I causes me to overstay in a lot of um, situations is I'm like, but what if it's me that has the blockage? What -hmm. if it's me that like, um, you know, is like in this scenario, like what if it's um, me that needs to just accept his spirituality, mm-hmm. you know, like, even though maybe that would be hard because it's like Christianity that makes the tantrika sinful. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, what if, what if it's me that has the blockage and like, I get so caught up in like, I'm missing out on this rich opportunity for inner work, you know? And so it's such uh, a, I mean, Wow, to be able to even ask that question um, is a beautiful question. And I don't know if you've explored it much. Um, What would it be like to not control this, right? What would happen between us if I actually accepted you how you are, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe I don't agree with certain things. Like what's, what's that rubbing up against? But, you know, what happens when I also release my judgment of you? Because you have judgment, clearly. Yeah. I mean, of yeah, course. Sure. Right. And so what happens? Because you're asking for non-judgment as well. Mm-hmm. Right. And so mm-hmm. what if I challenge myself to step into non-judgment towards you? Mm-hmm. What can happen in that space? Right. Yeah. What can, yeah, is there a gift there as well? Yeah. You ask that question, what if it's me that's blocking? It might be. You know, it might be. And I don't, what if this is not the chapter where you find that out? You know what I mean? Like sometimes we can ask those questions and explore it. And sometimes that's the next chapter, you know? Yeah. But it's a beautiful question. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's very important for all of us to not just see the other person as 
whatever, the problem, the block, the constraint, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That when we are in partnership, we are in a system together mm-hmm. and systems operate with everyone who is involved in it, right? And so what you're saying is, how do I see my part in this, right? What What is it that I need to look at that might be blocking the goal, the wish, the want, the desire that I have. Mm-hmm. And so that's an, it's, it's a very interesting inquiry. What happens if I step away from judgment? Can I step away from judgment? Would there, it would, it will probably blow up a lot of things. For <laughs> so I'm thinking about like, if you were able to step into non-judgment around this Part, can you still hold on to your experience as uh-huh. being valid and true? And then when I get judged, can I not step back into judging back? Yeah. Which yeah, is yeah. so hard. Because right, it's like sometimes I think when we have such a painful experience with something and someone represents that, to be able to see it separate from our experience and not let that deny our experience, yeah, right? To not let that minimize or shrink or distort our experience in any way while yeah. also not needing to control or distort their yeah. experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like that can be really hard, right? That mm-hmm. for him, Christianity, like that might be such a beautiful, powerful path to walk relationship with God, you know, however he might describe it. Um, and can that be true for him without that meaning that it rejects or denies how it negatively harmfully affected you? Yeah. And I think for me, it's that I, I, what's coming up now is that I, I think there's a lot of anger that I need to process with the church because, you know, with where I'm at now, I I feel like the the Bible has brought so much shame and suppression for women. And, you know, it removed the story of Mary Magdalene. If the story of Mary Magdalene had been in there and that Jesus had this lover, imagine how different our history would be, you know, like all these things. And so I'm noticing that like, maybe the fact that my partner studies the Bible, like, it's like, I have anger towards the Bible. And it's not just like, it's not even really the people who read it. It's like, I'm angry at the damage that the Bible has caused. And then it's like, I get into, cause I can think like that also that narrative is like fueled by fear, but then I'm fearing, like, I'm just over here fearing that that's causing damage and that this person is going to perpetuate that through, you know, like, and so Yeah. And there's big work there. I think too, I'm really thankful that you said it's okay to have the desire because Mm -hmm. there's this thing of like, yeah, if, if we can, if we can find God in our sex, then Mm -hmm. um, thinking this would heal something for me in my original wound while also knowing that like, that is also a healthy desire for me to have with a partner to find God in our sex and to Mm -hmm. find that type of deep connection, you know? Yes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Right. It doesn't need to it does not need to only be for your healing, right? Like it's not like this last puzzle piece that you're putting it, right? Like that this is a beautiful thing that you just want to be in. Yeah, it's it's like um, someone like you mentioned growing up with an alcoholic father. Of course it's okay for them to want a partner that's not an alcoholic, you know? Like this may seem not as extreme, but... 
Right. But that it's not driven exactly like you said, like I said it before, right? that that's not driven from a fear-based, control-based place. Yes. I need this to happen in order to be okay. Otherwise, in to be yeah. vindicated in order to be resolved, right? It's mm-hmm. like, ah, uh, right. Can I get to a place where exactly what you're describing for your own self, um, mm-hmm. where this is just a beautiful part of our dynamic and relationship and way of expressing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. connection, intimacy, love, whatever with one another, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to, I need this to be placed here so that I am okay. Right. Yeah. So that I am healed, vindicate, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I must not be fully doing the work because if, there's this feeling of like, if I can get a Christian to look at me with reverence and as holy the way that I am, mm-hmm. I'll feel redeemed. Mm-hmm. So if I, if I'm like really trying to give that to myself and feel self-redemption, yeah. um, if I was really doing that, then this feels like it wouldn't be so activating. So exactly. there's definitely more, yeah, definitely more work. To yeah. Do. Because it's, it's right. When it's, when it's self-led, right. And it's there, it exists. It's true. You're connected to it. Then your need for it, need control this mm-hmm. for it goes down. I don't have to force you into this space. Mm-hmm. Either he walks into that space with you or he doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then there's clarity there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Someone who wants to participate in that way or not. But yeah, you have really outsourced it. You've very um, intentionally chosen. Of, uh, so brilliant of you, right? Of like, I'm going to pick a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> to do everything in my power to yeah to get you to see me differently and mm-hmm. that is how I'm going to find my healing you're doing it right you're beautifully identifying that you have to come back into yourself here right that this is this is the arrow back into no 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 your work is coming into the space of you seeing yourself that way fully other people will see you that way. Other people will. Probably some people already do, right? But but you will not force them or control them into that, right? No. That will never be your healing. That will never feel relieving yeah. to you, right? Yeah, and maybe that answer of should I stay or should I go that we talked about is, is being able to leave from that place. Mm-hmm being able to leave from that place of like um, not needing that anymore because you're giving it to yourself. And then at least you're not leaving because they're not giving it to you and you also don't have it, you know? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And, you know, energetically too, the possibility of what shifts when you release the grip, Mm -hmm. right? Because maybe he does meet you there. Maybe he doesn't. Mm -hmm. But to remember like the system, when I go inwards to tend to this part that's still unresolved, Mm -hmm. there's an energy shift that happens because I'm releasing the need for you to do something. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, does something shift within you? And again, Mm -hmm. there's a question mark. We don't know, but we give that opening space to see and then, sure, if I stay because energetically things are moving, beautiful. If I leave because I'm, I've gone 
within myself and I'm coming into contact with that part and there is still no shift, right? Maybe then there is clarity there for you, but you just remember that there is a shift that happens when you release that grip. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I will remind you again, your wish, your desire, your want, hold that. It's a beautiful thing, right? regardless of where things go here Mm -hmm. and to be able to enter in relationship, whether it's this one, another chapter with this person, Mm -hmm. whether it's somebody else in the future Mm -hmm. where I don't need to control. I don't need you to do this for me. I am in resolution with myself around this. Mm -hmm. And that opens up that possibility of entering into this beautiful thing that you are wishing for relationally. Yeah. Thank you. So I have one more origin story, if it's an origin question, if it's okay. And then the lightning round. So I'm curious, do we often choose partners? Feels like yes. (laughs) our origin stories work against each other. And I'll, I'll like use a different example here for, um, that probably is a bit more relatable for people. Maybe, um, say like one, one partner has an origin story that she didn't have a father that ever provided for her. She had a stressed out single mother because of it. So she has this story of wanting, she has this healing wound of like wanting her partner to be the provider. Right. Mm -hmm. But then her partner maybe had a mother who married for money. Mm -hmm. and there wasn't love. Right. And so he has this origin story of like not wanting to be the provider, having an equal and, Mm -hmm. you know, and these stories like clash. Right. Mm -hmm. So the the thing is, cause you talk about how our wounds need activation, but there is a participation in the healing when that happens. Right. But if the origin stories are working against each other, it feels like both partners would just constantly, constantly be in defense mode, trying to protect themselves Mm -hmm. because it's how they feel safe due to their origin story. So like, what do, what, what are some like things for people who feel like their origin stories are like, meant to just <laughs> well you put it that way jade it sounds very complicated yeah and a big part of this is is making your partner's experience as important as yours yes, yes. that's but why like, you choose people who make who who care about how you feel as much as they care about how that they feel and vice versa mm-hmm. and i'm i'm laughing here because yeah couple coupleship and you know multiple people in relationship right is like it's complicated there is mm-hmm. such complexity to it and i think it's why you know i'm hope i hope that my book is a really good support for people because i think when we can start to see the origin wounds and the story and see how oh shoot right someone with a safety wound is you know with someone with a trust wound, right? And like, oh shoot, how does that then get tangled up with one another? Or a prioritization wound with a belonging wound, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think a lot of times it can just feel really messy and complicated, but yeah, the origins of you is, you know, written to help us have more introspection and to understand our story better. Um, every time I go into this work, I learn something new about myself. You know, even today when you're like, ah, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Right? It's like, yeah. you know, you, you, you do find new pieces about yourself and about each other in this space. Are we, we're, we are drawn. I think we partner with people who have similar levels of irresolution. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that relationships are either an opportunity to, well, actually what I said recently to someone, I was like, listen, no matter what relation, when you're in an intimate relationship with someone, your wounds are going to get activated, period. Right. But the two kind of two paths are whether or not someone activates a wound and then like you're left to pick up the pieces and figure it out all on your own. Or whether once an activation of a wound happens that we both are participating in the picking up of this. Right. I'm not just poking and prodding to like hurt you and harm you. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm rubbing up against your wound because that's what happens in relationships. And we are figuring this out together. The latter is what I want to be really supportive of. Right. Mm -hmm. Is like, yeah, of course, in our partnering, of course, in our intimate relationships, we're going to oftentimes represent the thing that picks at what hasn't been resolved. Mm -hmm. And of course, that has a lot to do with our origin wounds, yeah. but we don't have to be stuck in that space. We don't have to be lost in that space. And yeah, I hope that this book is a really good guide for people to, yeah. you know, not just be frustrated and annoyed and like, how come you just keep hurting me this way? And, you know, da, 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 whatever else comes out of that. And that, mm-hmm. I know, but actually there is a, there is a path forward here if we're both willing to, to look at this. And yeah, that there's an opportunity to resolve more and more and more. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's so beautiful that, that you point out that our partner's story has to be as important as ours. Yeah. Um, Cause that's so key. Mm-hmm. And also I know your book has worksheets in it and all my favorite books have worksheets. So I'm so thankful for that. Yeah. There's an origin healing practice in there that I, you know, I think is, is very emotional. Um, and, you know, I tried to write this book. Um, gosh, it was, you know, what a challenge, right. To like write to so many people when I'm normally in conversation with one or two or three people. Um, and yet I still wanted to, make that book feel like you were in this process and experience with me. And so, yeah, the origin healing practices are really emotional um, if we let them be. Um, And yeah, just excited to see how it all lands for people. Yeah. I was so excited for it. And I know Connor has a book coming out too. You guys couldn't get any cuter. You guys wrote a Books at the same time. I wrote two books. Oh my gosh, we had just done a podcast about two books and a baby. I saw, yeah. yeah like, listen, I don't know if I'd recommend it, but <laughs> but it's but it looks cute. It's a, it the looks cutest cute. thing. It's real. It's real. Yeah. Um, but we we did a we did a hard thing, and same right, like coming into contact with your resolution, you know, it's like, that's, but that's the beauty of our relationship is that we'll come into contact with it and then we'll look at it. And, um, yeah, so, so grateful to have a, a partner like Connor. He's really, really special human. So yeah, you both are, I'm, I just love you guys so much. So there's a few short questions. I ask everyone who comes on the show. The first one is if you could younger hug your younger self right now, what would you say? Mm. Hmm. Yep. I would say you don't need to pretend to be okay. You are allowed to have needs and start expressing them. Hmm. Yeah. So many of us need to hear that now. 
If you could have the whole world read one book, which would it be? It's okay to say yours. <laughs> I'm totally taking this opportunity to plug my you how breaking family patterns can liberate the way we live and love by Vienna Farron. Oh, I'm totally yeah. tooting that horn. Imagine if the whole world did. Yeah. Oh, the awareness it would bring. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, what would it be? It can change. Hmm. Man, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I feel that depression is lack of hope in the future. Mm-hmm. You think everything's just going to stay the same. Mm-hmm. But if you have this hope that it can change. Yeah. Hope. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to, right? But it but it can. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, you know, really intentional with those words. Um, I think it's hard to believe that when the evidence shows something else. And when we're unresolved, the evidence will show something else, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're like, I have, you know, 30, 40 years of proof that it's not going to change. Yeah. So it's like that part that's so hard to sometimes remain hopeful when mm-hmm. you've lived it a certain way for so long. But I think that that reframe of the reason things don't change is because there's something unresolved, right? Mm-hmm. It's really powerful. Yeah. And, and to know that it can change through resolution, right? Mm-hmm. Give us a path forward. Yeah. Golly, what a, what a really powerful truth and reframe. Yeah. Yes. That there's something unresolved is why. Yeah. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. So before I let you go, where can people find you online and where can they get your book? If, is it on audible or just hard copy right now? Yeah. Yeah. So on Instagram, I'm mindful MFT as a marriage family therapy, mm-hmm. uh, NewYorkCouplesCounseling.com, ViennaFarron.com. Uh, the book is sold, I guess, everywhere that books are sold. <laughs> Audible. I um, I know that this uh, recording will come out uh, after I have recorded the mm. audio for my book. So I'm yeah. really excited to read my book. <sighs> and yeah, just to yeah, yeah, just to put my just to put my personality and connection to the book feels feels really important but yeah that's so important yeah and I hope yeah I hope that this is a really meaningful book for people it's a really meaningful write for me I um yeah I'm I'm so grateful to the healing that it provided for me and yeah great excited to hear and see how it supports others. Yeah. Uh, I am so, so, so thankful for you. And, you know, I, and one memory of that first podcast is I'd always carried guilt for wanting my partners to grow. Mm -hmm. And you completely reframed that when you said, well, you want them to grow because you don't want to leave. Mm -hmm. And it, it just kind of like the, the, that moment today where it was like, ah, getting them to, you know, it was like a wake up moment. And your Instagram, uh, I don't know how much, if it alerts you with how much I share your posts, but I mean, every week I probably share at least a dozen posts. I'm just like, because I don't just like look at what you posted that week. I'm like, I scroll down because it tends to be, I know it's just an Instagram page, but like when I'm feeling real, when I'm like having a really hard day, I can go on your Instagram and just like scroll, like, you know, do a couple of scrolls 
to the history and read. And there's like, I really appreciate how you remove shame while at the same time reminding of responsibility. Yeah. It's not like remove shame. You haven't, it, it, it's not about you. It's like remove shame. And this is what you like. This yes. is your duty, yes. you know? And it's like, it is just the exact equation that I always need. And so I just, and I feel like people, um, I, I all often say like, I'm, I'm, you know, I go to this page often when I'm needing hope and I'm like posting so many things that people are probably like, wow, I wish she must be having a hard time. It's like all these posts about, <laughs> but it's, it's so, I just, I really appreciate your Instagram page. I'm so thankful. Thank you for saying that. I'm so glad that it feels that way for you. And yeah, spot on, right? Is like compassion and no shame. And whew, yeah, we've got a story. And also it's our duty to figure it out, you know, and be yeah. responsible and own and, you know, navigate it. Um, so yeah, such an honor to be in conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, you're such a special human you are too. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys. Ah, uh, I feel like taking a lot of deep breaths. Um, you know, we're, we recorded this a few months before it's going to air because I, I want to air it on the week of her release date to promote the, the sales of her book. Cause I really want it to reach bestseller because she, ah, uh, she, has so much wisdom and it needs to be bestseller because this needs to be out there. People need this wisdom. It would, it would just change things if everyone knew their origin story and how it plays out in their lives. So please share this episode or share her book, share that this book has come out or share this episode, either one, but if you can please support her, cause I just really, 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 really want this book out there and in, in so many people's hands. If you'd like to support this show, you can leave a review, which would mean so much y'all. You could also hit subscribe so you don't miss future episodes and you can share an episode with a friend. Like I mentioned, you can also support the affiliates, Jean Keys, G-E-N-E keys.com is one of my favorite affiliates because it has provided me with so much. It's like an internal GPS with so much, so many tools. Uh, they've got a course on love, a course on prosperity. The course um, that I have the link for is how to use your dreams for self-awareness um, or for like to find out what your psyche is trying to tell you, what maybe what fears are being expressed and all of that. But if you use this link to purchase anything, um, the show gets a small cut. So it's genekeys.com forward slash the dash dream dash ARC forward slash REF forward slash 1707 forward slash that link is also in the show notes. And then the best toys for sex at dameproducts.com code Jade gets you 15% off. My favorite, as you probably, as you may know, is the air AER. It's the clit sucker. <laughs> and then I like to pair that with my pleasure wand or the Yoni egg code Jade for a discount there. I have a women's uh, program coming out. We will be using pleasure wands and Yoni eggs. Not, I mean, you'll have your privacy. You won't be around anybody while you're doing it, but it's part of your homework. And, uh, you know, the wand dearmors the cervix, it heals the cervix and the yoni egg strengthens the pelvic floor. And they're just, just such 
They're both such magical tools, y'all. I also do one-on-one sessions with women to teach them how to use it. Your camera's off, your sound is off. You're just hearing me. And uh, yeah, that's wands.com, W-A-A-N-D-S.com. And then all things infrared at higherdose.com, code Jade75 gets you $75 off. They have an infrared face mask, a bioenergy mat, which I love, a sauna blanket, an actual like two-person sauna. They've got it all. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and being on this journey with me. It would mean so much if you would leave a review or share an episode with a friend. You can also join me on Instagram at untamed and unashamed podcast. As always, be a light, stay open and remember you belong here. But we got what it takes for the cycle to break. Revolution lives in me. Want to get smarter about investing? Then tune in to the Capital Ideas podcast from Capital Group, home of American Funds Distributors, Inc., one of the world's leading asset managers. Each week, we bring you stock market outlooks, macroeconomic updates, and investment strategies that can help you succeed. Learn from portfolio managers with decades of experience about how they navigate uncertain markets. Prepare to be engaged, enlightened, and entertained by listening to the Capital Ideas podcast today. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S dot com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.